Welcome to the Sacred Emergence Podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Wong, and I'm so thrilled that you're here. This is a place where you'll be guided to living your most aligned life so that your truest, most radiant self can emerge. We'll be jamming on topics ranging from spirituality, entrepreneurship, to wellness and lifestyle design, and everything in between that can support you to grow, evolve, and shine, all the while not taking ourselves too seriously. So if you're ready to step into your leadership, break through limiting beliefs, own all of who you are, and expand in abundance, grab yourself your faith cup of tea, and let's dive in. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Sacred Emergence Podcast. I'm Michelle Wong, and today I have an amazing guest, Katie Galzer, who is a human design and intuitive guide. And Katie is joining us by way of Chicago. And is that correct? I saw that in your Instagram. I am. I'm currently in Chicago. It's already gotten cold. So thank you so much for having me, Michelle. (laughs) My pleasure. I am just so excited to have you on because um, human design is actually um, a hot topic. And it's just like the area, everybody wants to learn more about human design. And I interviewed somebody recently and she touched upon human design very briefly. And then I had a lot of feedback of people reaching out saying, I want to learn more about human design. How do I learn more? <laughs> and I was like, I need an expert to come on. So I'm so glad you're here. Ah, oh, I'm so excited to be here. And I'm so excited that you have that kind of feedback that people are reaching out because since human design still is in the scheme of things, very, very new. Uh, and I think it's amazing how quickly it's picking up steam and traction that people are interested in learning more. So I'm very excited to be here and, and hope that this is helpful for everyone who listens. Yeah. Well, why, why don't we just dive right into the juicy stuff? And for those who are not familiar with human design, how would you describe it? Human design, it's a, it's a newer system. So it was founded in 1987. It was discovered by this guy, Rot Ruhu, who basically had this eight-day meditation where he downloaded the system. But it combines a number of traditions, so Eastern and Western astrology, the chakras, the I Ching, um, the Kabbalistic tree of life, quantum physics, biochemistry, like all of these tried and true systems into this one modern system that gives us a blueprint of our energetic makeup and kind of gives us permission to show up as our highest and most authentic selves. Mm, so when I see human design, I see it almost like an energetic blueprint of who we are meant to be versus like you know, like our, our personality chart or something. Would you just, des- would you describe it like that? Totally. I kind of see it as it's like our so- a peek into our soul's contract mm. and helping us most efficiently fulfill our purpose on earth. So when I think of it and how I differentiate it from other systems is that we have all these different systems that kind of show you who you are, but they don't show you what to do with it. And human design, it goes to that level where it not only shows you who you are, but it shows you how to decondition away from everything that you're not and kind of like a strategy on how to most and best fulfill that purpose. And so it's really, really cool because it goes back into like, what if we had no conditioning at all? What are we if we are perfect beings and where are we susceptible from the influence of the outside world? Um, So it's, it's, really, really cool in that way. I love it. And so when you're saying conditioning, you mean like we're just where each one of us is 
taught and grown up and just based on our environment, we start, uh, I guess, adjusting to how people expect us to be. And then so we, we stop following our natural way of being. Is that Totally. It's kind of, it's a mixture of a number of things. And I know that you talk about this a fair amount, but it's that we're born these pure, perfect people and society and the structures and the fears that surround us take us away from that and tell us that we should be some way, or we need to do this, or this is quote unquote story that means we're deserving of love or all of this stuff this not self is what we call it in human design that takes us away from our truth and, and gets kind of muddles our understanding of that. We're, we're divinely creative people. We're, um, we're, we're part and parsable of the universe. And so coming back to that and realizing, Oh wait, this is my conditioning or Oh wait, that was a story that was told to me long ago, but that, that isn't my truth. Um, and beginning to realize that, like nothing is better than the other, right? No one, no one type, no one person, no one anything, but to come back to living authentically as you and to be able to allow other people to do that kind of in this giant, we call it the human design experiment. It's like, it doesn't work alone. Human design works because it's a huge interweb of everyone where you're constantly interacting with each other's auras. Um, and so it's, it's really, really cool. It's like you can see all of the areas that you could potentially be not yourself mm. and then kind of start to, to think back or realize, oh, wait, it's okay to be me. Like a lot of the sessions I have and a lot of the feedback I have, especially for people who are kind of invested in this type of work already, and it's less about, oh, you're telling me something that I don't know. It's more just like, yeah, I knew this all along and now I can step into it. I can step into it even more than I have before. I love that. And so for someone who is new to human design, um, what's the first thing they, like how do they know what type they are? Yeah. So you will need your birthday, your birth time and your birth location. And there are a bunch of different online sites that do it. My personal favorite is geneticmatrix.com. There's also mybodygraph.com. There's humandesignamerica.com. And you just put in all that information and then it'll basically churn out this chart that looks super confusing. There are all these squares and triangles and lines and numbers and colors. And it looks really, really confusing, but if you know anything about your chart, the kind of first thing that you learn is your energy type. So if you were to see your chart and are like, this is crazy and confusing and very overwhelming, just look at your energy type. There are five of them. And that says, that says a huge amount about where to start. Mm, can we break that down? Because I think that's, that's like, that's usually the main question. Like, Oh, what human design type are you? And absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, so there are five energy types. There are manifester, generator, manifesting generator, projector, and reflector. And all the energy types do is they, they talk about your aura. They talk about how you're supposed to, they give you a strategy on how you're supposed to interact in the world um, and how to best share your energy with everyone else. And they also 
paired with your strategy, you then have an authority, which basically tells you how to make decisions. But the first thing you learn, right, is one of those five types. And so three of those are energy types, which are generator, manifester, and manifesting generator. And then projector and reflectors are non-energy types. And types show overarching themes. Um, they only scratch the surface in uncovering the blueprint of who you are. Like I always say, they don't tell much about your personality or uh, specific details in you, but they talk about overarching how you're supposed to be using energy. So you start, I always start with talking about manifestors. Oh, good, because that's me. <laughs> no way! <Yeah>. Amazing. <laughs> so our whole society is conditioned by the manifestors. And manifestors are about 8 to 9% of the population. And these are the people who were always the kings and the queens and the great leaders and the people that started the war because they are here to just do it. Manifestors are the only type that can just purely initiate and they're the visionaries and they're really here to align to your vision and inform others when you're ready to do what you want to do. So you're a born leader, you're a born self-starter, you're a born visionary. And for manifestors, the uh, strategy is to inform. So I wanna just prelude all of this to say that when uh, within all of the types, there is um, a strategy right? And the strategy only has to do when you're interacting with the other. So when I talk about the strategy with every single type, if you are alone, this is the example I almost always give. You're alone on an island uh, and there is a palm tree and there's a coconut on the palm tree. You don't have to inform the palm tree that you're going to take the coconut off of the tree. It doesn't really matter. The palm tree can't hear you. But if you're with a person who's holding the coconut, you can't just rip it out of their hands and run off. It's like, oh, I'm going to take this coconut now. So even if, if they uh, don't like it, you at least kind of settle the ground and, and allow others to know what you're doing. Because the thing about manifestors is they have all of this power to do and to start and to vision. I mean, they constantly. And one of the major themes with when manifestors are not living their truth is uh, they almost get stuck into being like the not self generator. So I'll talk about that in a bit, but within manifestors, like you're not here to be the ones that churn out the work. You're here to start it and then allow the others to carry out your vision. And the most important thing for manifestors to find their keynote, which is peace, you're supposed to feel peace, mm. um, is to do and to embrace the power that you've always had. Because manifestors are not ones that should be told what to do. They're not ones that should be given bedtimes. They're not ones that should be um, put in a box and, and growing up, you just, just naturally you are. So it's coming away from anything that you've been taught and being like, oh yeah, I, I have this power and I have this power to create movements and change and all this, all these things. Uh, and then allowing yourself to go after your vision by using your authority. So I know a lot of these terms I'm throwing out are probably like, ah, all their place, but authority just simply means your unique way of making decisions. Okay. So using your authority um, and letting people know what your intentions are. And then 
life becomes easy because they can either embrace it or they can get out of the way. Uh, but you are meant to be a, this leader, this visionary, this person that just does. And all of the other types, so I said manifestors are only 8 to 9%. All of the other types are conditioned by the manifestor. And so going into the next energy type, mm -hmm. generators. And generators are the largest, so there are more generators than any other type. And they're more generators because um, generators are the one that have the capacity to do, to do work, to really like, they have this sacral energy that they uh, can chug along and, and follow things. They're the great builders of society in a lot of ways. And they're 37% of the population. And generators are like magnet, magnetic, sparkly. They have this juicy aura that when they're living their truth, you can't get enough of it. And they are here above anything else to unapologetically go after what lights them up and mm. love life, truly. And so when they do, they embody the purest, most sparkly magnetism. They actually gain energy from doing that thing that they love. Uh, and, and they, when they feel and when they commit to following through on that strategy or not that strategy, we haven't talked about the strategy yet on, on what their purpose is. Mm -hmm. Uh, they provide energy from everyone else too. You can't get enough of it. It's mm -hmm. like light up the world. And so with generators, the strategy is to respond. And just like manifestors, the strategy is to inform generators. Responding means that there's always going to be something coming in your aura that you can say yes or no to. Mm. Generators just have this natural ability to invite things to respond to. It could be walking down the street and you could see, start a business now. They could say, yep. It could be a friend saying, let's go on a walk. Yep. Um, so we'll, we'll use the palm tree example. Uh, let's say that you're on an island, again, with the palm tree, and your friend, the manifester, goes and gets the palm tree because the, they, they didn't need to inform anyone. They could just do it. Um, and they say, would you like some of my coconut? And the generator then uses a strategy. Do I want it or do I not? Do I want to hold on to the coconut? Do I want to? And from there, they say yes or no. Mm. But the thing about the generators, because they have the capacity to hold so much, let's say that there are 50 people on the island all holding coconuts. And all of them ask the generator, do you, do you want to have and hold my coconut? If the generator says yes to all of those, they're going to, be lying on the ground covered with coconuts. So with the generator, and because they're going to do it, if they say yes, they will continue to hold all that stuff. So a lot of times when the generator is in their not self, when they kind of uh, become part of the conditioning of the world, they the, they're the slaves of society. That's mm. what manifesting or a lot of the rhetoric says because when generators commit, when they respond to something and say, yes, I'm doing it, they will follow through. They are super consistent. They will follow through to the end. So the most important thing for generators is to figure out, is it right for you? Is this something that lights you up? Um, and, and with that, you're going to understand 
not only what's yours to hold, but you'll also continually get more and more energy to hold that stuff. So, mm -hmm. yeah, no, I just feel like even like with both of the energy types that you talked about, like I can see how, um, cause we're going to talk about deconditioning and just the conditioning. I can see how someone can fall into people pleaser mode and feel like some, because somebody asks, it's like, I have to say yes. You know, it's like, um, so it's really powerful that there's all these distinctions and like what's, especially with the generators, like, well, what lights you up? Like there's permission to tap into that more. And then it's almost like if you get more energy out of it, when you say yes, it means you're on the right path. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So I think that's really cool. Check in with your authority. So if you're a generator, you're either going to have emotional or sacral authority. And so you respond, but you use your authority to make the correct decision. Mm. And we won't get into that today probably, but that's like after you figure out your type and after you figure out what your strategy is. So manifestors to inform, generators to respond. Then you figure out, uh, sorry, I don't know if I said strategy or authority. That's your strategy. Then you figure out your authority so you know how to correctly make the decisions based on, based on what you're doing. Okay. So those are the first two types. And then we have the third type, which is the final energy type. And this is a manifesting generator, and I'm an MG. And they're about 33 to 34% of the population. Manifesting generators are really a hybrid between the manifester and the generator. They have the same strategy as on paper as the generator, but it looks a little bit different. And so manifesting generators are, they are the ones with the biggest energy. They have the most capacity to hold the most amount of things. So they're here to be the trailblazers and really break boundaries in this life. Multi-talented, multi-passionate, backed by a generator's drive and a manifestor's ability to accomplish things. And so manifesting generators are inherently efficient and they're not here to follow a linear path or live by anyone else's rules. It's so, so important that in using their strategy to respond, they respond to whatever's lighting them up, right? Whatever's firing up that generating engine that's getting them excited. And then test out the waters, envision the experience, and decide whether it's for you. So manifesting generators, I always talk about them like tasting all the things in life that they want. They're kind of going to dabble in this. And since they're so efficient, since they learn quicker than other types, it's like, where the world tells you that you're supposed to be uh, doing this for two years. Manifest and generators can do it in four months and then be like, okay, now to move on to this, mm. now to move on to this. And where the MGs get stuck in the not self. So they get frustrated and they, they can feel like they don't have that full energy is when they don't let go mm. of those things that they've already served their purpose. So within the manifestation generator, we're going to go back to the palm tree. And uh, let's say the manifester on the island says, do you want some of my coconut? Or do you want to hold my coconut? The manifesting generator responds and they listen to their authority and they say, yeah, I'd want to. And then they go out to reach for the coconut. And the manifesting generator is like, oh, wait, actually, no. Because what happens, it's very, conf it's confusing in some ways. The manifesting generator 
starts as a generator and then the manifester. Right after they respond, the manifester switches on and that's where they inform. So it's like, okay, I responded because my sacral said yes. And then right when I was envisioning what it actually felt like, manifester clicks on. And you're like, nope, not for me. <laughs> that's your end decision. And the thing is, the world tells manifesting generators that they are flighty and they're non-committal and they can't, they can't commit to anything. And the thing is, that's just what's not meant for them is not meant for them. So the best thing that MGs can do is give themselves time to create the right decisions and the correct decisions for them um, and allow themselves the ability to change mm. because with that, they'll feel satisfaction, which is the same thing as the generator satisfaction instead of frustration mm -hmm. or anger. So manifestors, peace in their self, not self is anger, generators, um, satisfaction, frustration in their not self, manifesting generators, satisfaction, frustration, and they also can feel that anger mm. when they're really not living, living their truth. So then we get into the non-energy beings. What, is, what does that mean, non-energy beings? So non-energy beings basically means you don't have your sacral lit up. So the sacral, okay. if you look at the chart, if you download your chart, at the very bottom of the chart, there's a square, and then you go one up, there's another square. That's the sacral center. The sacral center is a life force energy. Um, it's power, it's sex, it's, it's basically energy. And they don't have a sacral, or they don't have, for manifestors, have a throat connected to a motor, mm -hmm. which also creates energy. Um, so they, they don't have any of those. Oh, okay. So with a projector, there are many types of projectors. They're about 20% of the population. And before I dive into them, one more thing about the non-energy beings. I like to preface this always by saying just because you're a non-energy being doesn't mean you don't have energy. Okay. So it just means you don't have consistent access to it. You actually, as a projector, can be more productive and have more energy in shorter bursts mm. but you don't have this consistent life force energy that's waiting to respond and waiting to act um but projectors are here to manage guide direct the energy of all the other types they are like these wise birds that kind of flock all above all the other beings, all the energy types, and they can see things and see systems and see the world in such a clear and unique way that none of the other types can. And it is so important for projectors to recognize their own unique gifts, recognize the things that they see so clearly, whether it's systems, whether it's a way that they communicate things. And then their strategy is to wait for the invitation and recognition. So when they recognize themselves, others will recognize and invite them to share their wise guidance and their wise knowledge and their brilliance. And so I see a ton of projectors, strangely enough, even though it's a smaller percentage of the population. And I think this can potentially be the most confusing of all of the strategies to wait for the invitation. Mm -hmm. So this is my favorite thing. This is my favorite part of the palm tree anecdote. So... Let's say the projector is on the island 
with the palm tree and the projector is thirsty and the projector wants the coconut and no one else is around. They're alone on this island. The projector does not have to wait for the palm tree to invite them to take the coconut down. That's never going to happen. The palm tree is never going to invite them. It's just not going to happen. The projector can go and do it. They can, they can be like the manifestor. They're alone. They can take the, the coconut, you know, so when the projector is alone, they don't have to wait for an invitation. If you want to start a business with no one else involved, you want to do this. But if because the projectors see things and see the other energy beings like no one else does, if Johnny is on the island with that projector and the projector knows that Johnny's thirsty and it would very really benefit from having that coconut, that does not like that is not a permission to cut down the coconut and force feed Johnny. Johnny will not like that at all. But if Johnny says, I'm thirsty, the projector can be like, oh, Johnny, there's a coconut. Would you like me to cut it down and give it to you? And Johnny will be like, that is brilliant. You are so wise and wow, what a great idea. And that's the invitation. So, mm, okay. A lot of times throughout projectors' lives, like especially when they're young, they can be seen as know-it-alls or uh, it won't be accepted as much, you know, what, what their gifts are. And so it's so important for projectors to wait to be invited. And that always happens by recognizing themselves first. So it's like, mm-hmm. Oh, no. I always thought like in like waiting for the invitation is like, Johnny would ask the projector, Hey, like I'm thirsty. Do you want me to get some <laughs> or like some, like an actual invitation? But in this case, the example that you shared, it was the projector is like, Oh, well I'm thirsty too. Why don't you, you know, how about getting that coconut down or whatever? Yeah. So it's um, like the indication that somebody else is wanting something is the invitation to speak up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Versus, yeah. It always has to do with the other. Because remember, again, human design is the system where it doesn't interact alone. It always has to do with the other. So if we're all alone on an island, we can do whatever we want. But it's understanding how our aura impacts the other. And so with projectors, they have this aura that kind of penetrates mm-hmm. who, whoever's around. They can see the other. They can't always see themselves, but they can see the other. So when they see what someone needs, because they probably see it all day long, they know. Do they just know things about people, and they know what their needs, and they know what needs to happen? That doesn't give them. It wouldn't be right for them to just force their opinions or their guidance. Mm. So it's allowing that invitation to come, which it will. The more projectors recognize themselves, the more and more you recognize yourself. When projectors recognize their gifts and their wisdom and what they really see, they are like magnetic. They, they are like the same as any other type. They have a constant influx of invitations. And so then that's when it's very important for the projector to allow themselves to uh, use their authority and make the right decision for them. So projectors, when they're, when they're living as their selves, when they're embodying that truth, they'll feel there and they'll find a lot of success. They'll find success in all of it. But when they don't, when they're incorrectly using their strategy, they'll be very bitter, bitterness, not self-being. 
And their strategy is to uh, wait for the invitation. Yeah, wait okay. for the invitation. Mm -hmm. okay. And then the final type, this is the rarest type of all, the reflector. And reflectors are only 1% of the population and they are like, they're human chameleons in so many ways. They're here to be the wise observer and they're kind of human mirrors who magnifies the world around them and are deeply, deeply affected by the cycles of the moon. And what's very interesting about the reflector is their health and well-being uh, reflects the health and well-being of the larger collective. Mm -hmm. And however well they're doing that reflects the environment around them. Because they're basically these Petri dishes that whatever's around them, that's what can grow. They're not here to necessarily see themselves, but they reflect the other and are here to live these lives where they can be kind of multiple identities. They can be whoever they are. And it's so important for them to, to be aware of their environment, to be aware of their people that they're around because when they surround themselves with those that uh, are uplifting and those that kind of contribute to uh, their own happiness, their own success, their own wherever they're wanting to go, they can quite literally reflect and become like the other, but they also can absorb the other. And we all can absorb the other. We're all empathic in different ways. And how you find that is if you look at the areas that are white in your chart, those are your, those are your empathic places. Those are also the places that you can take on the other. And so with a reflector, their entire chart is white. They have different gates, but, but all of the centers, are white and so anywhere that's white it's like you can absorb and amplify the other so so important one of my things that i always talk with reflectors extensively about is like who are you surrounding yourself with what are your surroundings look like um, especially if we look into health if we look into uh, what where they want to go in business and with reflectors they have a very interesting strategy is to wait an entire moon cycle. And so a lot of reflectors are like, I, what? <sighs> Anything until I wait an entire cycle? So, so here's why. <laughs> and, and also give an example with the palm tree still. So with the palm tree, a reflector goes onto the island and sees the palm tree and gets so excited by the palm tree because all the, you know, palm tree is so beautiful and has all these coconuts and it decides that and, and is around all these people who are on a palm tree farm and it, and they're so happy and they love it and the projector decides or the reflector apologies decides I want to build a palm tree farm that is my life purpose I'm around all these people and they're so fulfilled by this palm tree farm and all these palm trees and that's it's done and the reflector quite literally becomes the other. So that feels so real. And that they feel the passion of the other and they feel all of those things. But it would be very wise for the reflector to wait a full moon cycle and see, do they still want to become a palm tree farmer in a month? When it comes to things like, does the reflector want to take a sip of coconut? doesn't matter as much. Mm, so more like the big decisions. The big decisions because the reflector all day, other day, they're, they're taking on the other and absorbing and reflecting. And so the reflector can be like every other type. 
They need a lot of time alone though to come back to just being a clear vessel um, in any major decision because they are, they can be very easily influenced by the other. It's really important to wait for those decisions because since they're so aligned to the cycles of the moon, the reflector needs to feel, oh, when the moon is in Aries am I, and really fiery, am I still going to want to do this? Or when it's Scorpio and super deep, is that still what I want to do? Or when I'm in Cancer and I'm totally emotional, like, is that what I want to do? And to ride that all out and ride all the seasons and then come back to center. So, um, so reflectors, don't worry. You don't have to wait a full moon cycle for every single decision. Is this the major one? It's the major ones that you're like, aha, this is it. Uh, and wait a moon cycle just so you become clear in your own being without the influence of everyone else. Because if you're around these people that are super excited about this, it's like, yeah, I'm doing that. Mm -hmm. People that are over here. And so it's just like, take it all away. Shed, 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 come back to center. Is this desire, is this thing that I want true? Um, is this true to me? Is this something that is going to be lasting? And if it is, absolutely go for it. Um, and so within being a reflector, when you are inhabiting kind of your highest self and you're living your design, surprise is the keynote. So mm -hmm. you're surprised by everything that the universe has to give you. And when you don't live that strategy, um, disappointment. Mm. So, yeah, those are the five types, and they all interact together. And none of them can be, none of them can exist independently of the other. So, and they're all constantly. And it it just talks about your aura again. But that's mm -hmm. that is the first thing you start with whenever you look at your chart. That was so great. It's really great that you painted it with like an actual example because it's always. It just helps it so much, especially with the visual. Um, funny, that's the yeah. first time I used that example too. I oh, just, I love it. <laughs> that was good. Let's do that again. <laughs> no, it was great. Um, so before we dive into more, I'm curious, like, how did you discover human design and um, like, how do you use it in your life and like your whole journey with it? Yeah. So I have always been a seeker. I've always been someone who's wanted to get to know myself better and wanted to get to know the world around me. And I've always been obsessed with different systems as well. So I know astrology really well. I've dived into the tarot. I love Myers-Briggs, the disc assessment, um, dived into the Enneagram and Kabbalah and all of these ancient tried and true systems just to better get an understanding of who I am. And so with every system I've studied, yeah, they've nailed me to a T. They've gotten me, but it's like, what do I do with it? Mm -hmm. What do I, how do I use this to fulfill my purpose or to figure out how to go or to just understand life day to day? And so when I found astrology, which was about, not astrology, which when I found human design, it was about three, three-ish years ago. Nothing clicked so quickly and nothing, not only nailed me to a T, but also gave me a strategy in how to best live my life and gave me kind of relief and a breath of like, oh yeah, this is who I've been. And oh wait, I don't have to 
ascribe to all of these not self things and all of these parts that, that I've been told I should be or I should do, but are, are, but are just not my truth. And so in my day-to-day life, um, it has changed how I make decisions. It has changed uh, how, how I structure my day. It has changed how I organize my environment. It has changed how I interact with the other. Uh, it's, it's changed how I view my sense of purpose. It's changed how I view myself in general. And it's also, it's taught me so much about like what, what's important and what's not. And more than any of those though, because I'm a firm believer that like, you don't need, you don't need to know your human design. You don't need to know your astrology. You don't need any of these. Like you don't need anything to, to be whole. And nothing can tell you better than yourself. But what it has is it's given me a tool that has been instrumental in helping me continue along my own spiritual path and giving me not only affirmation, confirmation, but um, a solid, solid grounding and, and solid footing in who I am in this world and how I can help others get away from all the not, not self stuff and, and come back to their inherent gifts and their power. So mm. kind of, kind of very brief on my, my journey. No, that's incredible. So did you find that um, when you understood that, okay, manifesting generator, did you find that who you were being before was kind of out of alignment? Like, I think it's a constant journey one. So I'm still not the most in alignment. I think we were constantly coming towards ourselves. But what I realized was a lot of what my power is and a lot of what, uh, what I'm supposed to be doing is stuff that I intuitively, like I was, I was already doing a million things at once. It was, was working a nine to five and teaching yoga and doing readings and doing all right. I was, I was already in that aura, but it allowed me to look in the areas of my life. And especially when I dove even deeper and understood the qualities I have understood kind of the life cycles and themes where I was being driven out of fear, where I was ascribing to things that didn't feel right, where I was feeling sick. I know a lot of generators, a lot of all types, but a lot of generators and manifesting generators when they have really bad gut issues or, or things in their gut, their sense of power, it's like, Ooh, where are you not recognizing? Where are you avoiding your truth? I look at that in all different areas and, and parts of the chart, but it allowed me to take a really deep look at myself and it was very confronting in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it also gave me such a place to go and, and something that I couldn't avoid, right? It's like, okay, you can't avoid yourself. You can't hide away from yourself. And if you do, you know it. So... Awesome. Yeah. So then that kind of segues into if we have time to just around like the deconditioning, because I, I feel like, like for me, when I read like, okay, manifester, I was like, wow, like this would like, that would be amazing. (laughs) Right. Like the born leader. And I just feel like so often I was born and maybe conditioned to be a people pleaser and just conform to what other people wanted. And you know, all of that. And so if I were to shift into the manifest yourself, it's like, wow, that it's like, it feels like a 180. Yeah. Yeah. It's so scary. like, yeah. 
too. It's really scary to shift. So in deconditioning, the first thing you look at, right, is your type. But there's so much within your chart to talk about deconditioning. So again, we talk about the type. So manifestors, it's just like doing it. Not being scared of people not liking you. Not being scared of ruffling other people's feathers. Because the thing about the manifestor and the thing that keeps the manifestor small a lot of the time is uh, that they're going to anger other people. or And you probably will. Honestly, manifestors, because manifestors can do things like no one else can. And so what happens is it's like, what would you do irrespective of how the other reacts? Because other people are going to be like, why can't I just do it that way? Why can't I do it like Michelle does? The people that are meant to be supportive in your life will follow. You will always, anyone living their truth or stepping into their truth, you will always, always, always have people that don't like it. And so I think people pleasing and the shoulds and all of that is, is going to affect every single type. But it's, it's recognizing like, how am I supposed to use my energy and where am I working as a generator and taking on a lot of work versus you know, starting and letting other people follow through the work. Um, for generators, it's like, where am I? Ugh, and deconditioning, where am I holding all of this work that's not lighting me up? Mm-hmm. Where am I feeling really tired and depleted? Or where am I sick? Or what am I saying yes to, whether it be people in my life, situations, jobs? Um, manifesting generators, where am I holding on to what no longer serves me? What feels heavy? What is out of alignment? Where am I shooting myself into staying on a linear path when I want to jump all around? Projectors, where am I forcing my opinions onto others? Where am I not recognizing myself? What are my gifts? Projectors, it's so much about recognizing their gifts. And then reflectors, it's like, where am I trying to find who I am? Or where am I trying to force myself into other people's identities? And where am I feeling sick? Who am I surrounding myself with that's making me feel unwell? What are the environments I am? And within all of that, that's just the energy type. But the most important ways or places to look for deconditioning are in the centers. And so this is where the chakra system comes in. And traditional, um, in the Hindu chakras, there are seven. But in human design, there are nine. And every single center which are those, those chakras, those squares and those triangles, they'll either be defined, which is colored in. Those are consistent, consistent energies, consistent traits, consistent things in your being, or they'll be white, which is undefined or open. And any area that's white in your chart, so those undefined and open areas, those are areas that you can be the most wise, but they're also those areas that you're vulnerable to the conditioning of others. So kind of like the reflector, right? The reflector has all those areas that are white. So everyone, very few have all, all centers defined. Almost everyone has at least one center undefined. And it's when you look into those white areas, look into the themes that those hold and look into ooh, where am I picking up on if I have an open heart center, the egos of others or others' egoic wishes? If you're open, you're not supposed to have that. If you have an open emotional center, where am I amplifying the emotions of people around me? People with open emotions, they can feel um, when someone's feeling 
excited or high, they can feel even more excited and high. If they're around someone depressed, they can amplify that, be even more depressed. It's not consistent. It depends on who they're around, but they're supposed to feel at peace. If you have an open spleen, this is one that I've worked a lot in my own chart, um, which is about intuition, about fears, about health and wellness, the lymph. Where, where am I feeling unwell? Who, who am I around? How, am I taking on their illnesses? What information about other people's bodies and intuition and wellness am I seeing as my own? Because I find with open spleen, it's like if you have an open spleen and you surround yourself with people who talk about their illness all the time or even information, right? On Inst Everyone is on social media and different things. If you follow lots of accounts that talk about their chronic illnesses or their diseases, stuff like if you have an open spleen, that could very well manifest in your body. Mm. So it's, it's understanding that if you're, if you have an open sacral, if you're a projector or reflector, like where am I trying to consistently work without breaks and without rest? If you have an open root, uh, where am I feeling adrenaline pressure and that I'm not supposed to stress? I'm not supposed to feel stress. If you have an open throat, um, where do I feel like I can't be, where am I afraid of silence in some ways? Where do I feel like I'm talking over everyone else? Do you, if you have an open throat, where do I feel like my voice is unheard or where I'm changing my voice to benefit the other? Um, open Ajna. These are very, these are just scratching the surface, but right. saying, saying a few on the top of my head, open Ajna. Where am I taking, letting other people's thoughts dictate my decisions? Where am I, uh, where do I feel mental pressure, mental stress? Open identity. This is a big one. This is a big one in my life. Where am I trying to figure out who I am? Do you have an open identity? You're not here in this lifetime to figure out who you are. You can, you can relate and understand all identities. Like why, where am I trying to find me? You don't need that open head. It's like, where am I inspired? Where am I not inspired? Cause you don't have a consistent access to that. So it's like being around that is really important. So all of these open areas or undefined areas are places that we can be deeply empathic and deeply wise, but they're also areas that other people's stuff, if we don't have good boundaries can stick on us and get caught like doing the Macarena over here <laughs> <laughs> and, and they can, and, and they can take away from what's our truth because those areas that have, have color those are like those are you with nothing mm. else and then all that other stuff is all your wisdom and all your seeing of the other and where and where other people's charts light up your own when you're around their auras but it's like if they're not consistently yours so where are those areas that have the downside if we go back to the spleen it's like fears if you have an open spleen you don't have consistent like fears you might have some gates that have fears, but you don't have that. So it's where, where are other people's fears coming into my life? Um, and, and it goes so much deeper, but the, for deconditioning, I would really look at where am I white in my chart? Where are those things that aren't supposed to be me? Those things that I can be really wise about, really wise about the other. The open spleen, the one that can take on other people's health stuff. They can also be medical mediums and so, so can define, but like they can see what's happening and feel what's happening in the other body, but it's understanding that's not meant to be me. 
that's not meant to be my thing to hold. I can witness it and understand it, but it's not mine. And so looking at those open areas, right? Looking at your chart, where's white? What are, what are the qualities of that center? Looking into that and being like, where am I taking on everything around me? And where can I flush that out and come back to my center? So that's that, where we start deconditioning. I love that. That was just that, the amount of information you just shared. I'm like, oh my God, like this is gold. Thank you so much. <laughs> I know I, I kind of lose whenever I get into like channeling mode almost. I'm like, I have no idea what I just said. <laughs> no, that was amazing. And I hope it made sense. <laughs> yeah, well, it made sense for me because I've been staring at like my own chart mm -hmm. and like I've been picking up different books just to kind of understand it yeah. more. Um, but I'm curious, like for somebody who wants to dive deeper, um, what resources like in terms of books would you recommend? Um, and everybody should go and get their chart. <laughs> I mean, it's free to go online, right? So yeah, free to go online. Um, you can pull up your free chart on any of that, uh, for resources. So I want one caveat before I talk about the resources, because a lot of the human design material out there is really, really dense mm. and it's spoken. I'm sure you've noticed by looking a little bit into it. It's like spoken in this language. that's kind of hard to parse out sometimes. And so anything that you find that makes you feel bad about yourself, don't see that as truth. There's no truth. There's no truth. It's what you use. You can use all your good qualities. It's just potentials. Think of your chart as a bunch of potentials that are inherently in you, but they should never make you feel bad about yourself or like you can't do something or et cetera. I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. Never, ever. Like I, I, any, whenever I get a message, just like I got a reading and it made me feel like I shouldn't be with my husband or I, never. Everyone is here to interact with everyone else. Everyone can be perfect with everyone else. Everyone can do whatever they want. It's just figuring out what would be the best, the easiest, the most fun, the uh, most synchronistic, the most in harmony way of doing it. And so resources, um, Definitive Book of Human Design. So that one's by Ra Ruhu and Linda Bunnell. Very comprehensive. It's a little bit dense. It is a really good comprehensive one. I love Chi Tan Parkin. Okay. Another like kind of human design expert that I love his way of explaining things. So he has a book. Ooh, sorry about that. There's a horn or something. <laughs> he has a book that I think it's like finding, I don't remember exactly the name, but if you look on Amazon, Chetan Parkin, it's P-A-R-K-Y-N, and his first name is C-H-E-T-A-N. Uh, he's a really good resource. I think he has a lot of YouTube videos as well. Um, those are my main two books to start. There's a lot of online information. I feel like as human design gains more and more traction, more and more resources online are there. So I like, I like kind of looking at tons of different resources all over the place. I know Jovian Archive, you can download some things there. Um, but yeah, just have fun with it. Yeah. And if, you, if you're interested too, it's like if you want to commit on that level, readings are, readings are awesome. You can get a reading, whether it's with me or someone else. Um, I think that they really help, help guide you on how to continue to look and understand yourself and also just be given a tool to keep exploring because ultimately I know I can say within my readings or probably anyone else, like I just want 
you to feel good and confident in who you are and who you've always been. And from that, have the tools to continue exploring by yourself. Because I don't think any of us should be dependent on anyone else's guide. You ultimately know you better than I could ever know you by looking at a chart. But I can tell you what I see as your greatest strength, right? As, as the things that you probably know you have within you, but might have been scared or, or conditioned away from. Um, and then you use that and you, you soar. So. I love that. Yeah, I was, that's a great segue into how can people learn more about you if they want to schedule a session? Um, what's the best way? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So the best way right now on Instagram, I'm namaske, so N-A-M-A-S-K-A-Y-Y-Y. <laughs> and uh, in my bio, I have my scheduling link for if you want a session, um, a bunch of resources there, potentially having a website soon, but my manifesting generator self has started six websites and then it's like, Oh, it's not the, not the right time yet. So that, that will come when it's meant to come. But, um, right now that's the best. Always feel free to shoot me an email, shoot me a DM. I love talking all things human design. Um, so yeah, that, that's, great. that's the best place right now. Yeah. And you have a lot of great information on your Instagram through your stories and all that. So it's a great way just to kind of, play and get a little bit deeper with your, with what you're sharing. So totally. yeah, well, thank you so much, Katie, for your time and just sharing like that was, we went pretty deep. I felt so like, I think we did too. Yeah. yeah. So I appreciate it. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Michelle. This was amazing. I mean, it's always so, so fun to be on podcasts and I love everything that you're doing and I, your continued empowerment and embodiment and, and just the path that you are in general. So thank you for the work that you're doing. And oh. I'm really excited for your listeners to hear this. And, and yeah, thank you. I'm very, very grateful and very appreciative. Thank you, Katie. It was such a blessing to have you. So definitely check out her work. And uh, thank you so much for tuning in. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Sacred Emergence podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And thank you in advance for sharing this with others who can benefit. Until next time.